So there we had it. Two potential murders 50 years apart. Plenty to chew on for everyone there. And probably time to tell Chris and Donna what we have done. I hope they don't take it too personally. Elizabeth then asked if I would go to a crematorium in Brighton with her today, on a hunch. But I had already said that I would cook lunch for Bernard, so nothing doing. I know you can't smell it, but I'm making him steak and kidney. He's getting thin, so I'm just seeing what I can do. We're doing fine. I'm doing fine. Robbie and Lisa, book club edition. This month we read Third Armor's Day Club by Richard Osman. And it was good. Oh my god, it was so good. I have a couple of issues with it, but other than that, I'll get into those later. But Okay. Yeah. I'm well, a do disclaimer. You want to give a, uh... Oh, yes. It's, well, first of all, disclaimer I'm a little bit drunk. It's the best this way is... to do a murder. <laughs> We um, we have a tight schedule for recording because Lisa's a busy gal this week. I'm moving. So I have ran back to my hotel on a work trip after some drinky poos with some old friends <laughs> who have read the book and have some <gasps> things for me to talk about. So oh, that's quite good. That's awesome. It all worked out well. But yes, I've had a couple of drinks. So if I'm, um, if I'm particularly quiet or particularly chatty or... If you can hear me sweating Particularly through the microphone, really yeah, that's it's that it's all blamed on that. <laughs> Perfect. So yes, the synopsis. <clears throat> Joyce. So the book is about a group of, what what would we call them, octogenarians. Octogenarians. Yes. So they're not quite all eighty. Some no. of them are slightly younger. Slightly younger. Joyce has moved into Cooper's Chase, which is a retirement village. So they all have their own homes and they all have their own buildings. And it's basically a village built for lonely older people so they can live I mean, a full life. Yeah. Um, but with a little bit of extra security, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, I'm like, security where? Yeah. There's a lot of murders going on for security. Yes, so the the book is named after the Thursday Murder Club, who use the puzzle room every Thursday, mm-hmm. um, and they solve uh, they solve like cold cases mm-hmm. until a murder <gasps> happens in the sleepy village of Cooper's Chase. Um, bum, bum, bum. And we'll leave it there. If you've not read it, this is where to stop because spoilers will happen now. 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 So our first murder, Tony, Tony Curran. Well, actually, let's introduce our cast. We have Elizabeth, who we believe was a super spy. Oh, 100% was a super spy. Yes, absolutely. She still has her tank license, for God's sake. <laughs> we have Ibrahim, <laughs> the psychologist. We have Joyce, who was the ex-nurse, is the mm-hmm. ex-nurse. Um, we have Ron. Red Ron. Red Ron, the father of famous wrestler Richie boxer. R- Richie something boxer. Yeah, sure. Richie's uh, no Jason. Richie's yeah, Jason. the surname because it's Ron Richie yeah. and Jason Richie. And then are we missing someone? There's Bernard, but he's not part of the Thursday Murder Club, is he? No, I think then we have Donna. Yes, PC Defratis. Yes, so she is a police constable from London. Who has moved Constable. to 
Oh. Yeah, I don't think we use that one over the here. I think that's a purely British term. Fair, yeah. Well, so she was, uh, she worked in London, but she's moved to um, the the town near Cooper's Chase. Mm -hmm. New Haven. It's New Haven. Mm -hmm. She's moved to New Haven after a breakup. And yes. she's looking for excitement, but nothing's happening until Tony Curran is murdered. And then yes. we have Chris, who is originally leading the homicide team. Mm -hmm. And after a bit of um, bit of influence from our secret <laughs> spy, Elizabeth, Donna gets put on the homicide case. And then, I guess, honourable mention, there's Ian Ventham, who also gets murdered. Who does not deserve an honourable mention because he is a piece of shit. No, the only reason he gets an honourable yeah. mention because he's, as a cast member. He's I mean, very this important. has a very big cast for a book. Yeah, it really does. It really does. And they're all very white names, like <clears throat> white grandpa names. So I'm like, I got them very confused, especially since I was listening on an audiobook. So. It's very British. It is very, it's very, very British. British. So I hope none of our US listeners had a problem either accessing it or understanding it. Like, I think there was probably a few things that I should have written down being like, I should ask Robbie about this, but nothing that, like, comes to mind after the fact, so. But also I lived over there, so, for, for you, you know, did, a semester, yeah. so. If there's anything you didn't understand, send us an email at weardoingfine at gmail.com and I will do I will my best to answer Robbie them. I will make yeah, answer them all. Yeah. Well, shall we get on to questions? Or, yes, well, let, should we get on to questions or do you have anything else you'd like to add before? No, we'll get on to questions and then if it's not been brought up, I will mention my qualms with the book. Okay. This first question comes from Jenna. Jenna asks, there's a couple different points of view in Thursday Murder Club. Which is your favourite to read? I think my favourite would be Donna's. Yeah? I really enjoy seeing her interact with Elizabeth in particular. And the, yes, oh, it's so cute, but also exhausting. Like, the scene that sticks out to me is when Elizabeth texts her saying, what time did he die? Mm -hmm. And Donna replies, Elizabeth, you need to ask how my day is going. You need to <laughs> soften me up with some gossip and end with a kiss. So Elizabeth replies, hi, Donna, hope you're doing well. Um, yeah. So-and-so's granddaughter just had a daughter. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What time did Ian Ventham die? Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> no, what time did Tony Curran die? Kiss. Yeah. And it was just so funny. It made me laugh so much. Oh my gosh. No, I was cackling. Like, all of their interactions. Like, just a lot of just the old people interactions were so good, too. Like, one that stuck out to me was when... Abraham and Ron met with Chris in Cyprus <laughs> yeah. and they were like are you following me and like the whole Starbucks like I couldn't figure out how to order instant coffee so I got us both frappuccinos <laughs> which is so accurate so accurate and Chris is like to Ron like oh I didn't realize you had a cane he's like no they let you board first if you have a stick like this is a really great time to mention the, my friend that I met today for drinks Jenny, she works in adult social care and she's mm. read the book and she found it hysterical because she said that everything that the old people did and said is so mm. accurate. She was like, it everything is. they said was just 
just so close to home with how the elderly people that she works with speak to her. Mm-hmm. So it it was just quite cool to see that it was done quite accurately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like, I could definitely, like, that. it's the little tricks like that. Like, my grandma will, like, she can walk around. She uses a walker, but she can walk. But, like, when she goes to the airport, she always makes them get her a wheelchair and things like that. Amazing. <laughs> or, yeah. like, you know, she has the, she she has her, like, blue sticker so that, or her blue card in her car so that she can park in the disabled spot and she's like she'll she'll just take it keep it in her purse so whenever we're driving anywhere she's like now put it in your car i'm like okay grandma <laughs> like it counts i guess because you're here but yeah like it's normally just... i would just drop you off up front like. <laughs> but for me my favorite point of view was actually joyce's just because like it's such a it, it is i think like one of the you first persons that we get. I feel like the rest of them are very close third person omniscient. Um, But it's her diary entries and she gets a little rambly and she goes off topic and it's a great way to like get filler about other things that haven't been really mentioned in the plot. Yeah. I love how she adds notes. Like there's one of them Mm -hmm. where she, she says, Oh, such and such, but I can't remember. And then at the end of the diary entry, she goes, um, edited later. It was this I remembered it finally. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Um, I won't it's lie though, so the diary entries made me think that maybe it was Joyce that was murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was thinking more like murder or like Miss Marple, right? Because that was with a uh, Guernsey Literary Potato Peel Pie Society. How was it, Is- Isa or mm-hmm. I forgot her name, but. Yeah, like she would write, like she started writing all these notes because she wanted to be like Miss Marple. Though there was a good point, like good part where I thought Joyce was the murderer. <laughs> I think that's the bit that got me is that at no point in this book did I think I knew who it was. Yeah, no, I had like a couple suspicions. I thought Bernard for a good second. So wait, actually, this is a good question from Callum. Callum said, which of the many red herrings was your favorite? So I think... For me, it would be Ian Ventham because I was fucking shook when he died. Oh just, my goodness! Yeah. And Eve, and this is this is how shocked I was. That death was spoiled for me, <gasps> because I was at my mom's and my brother mm-hmm. put in the group chat, "I'm reading Thursday Murder Club." Ian Ventham just died, and Cat and Mum was like, "Who's Ian?" And I was like, "I don't know what you mean." I hadn't seen these messages. <gasps> Callum was like, "Mum was like, oh, somebody Callum." Callum's just messaged saying Ian Ventham's died, but I don't know who that is. And I was like, that's a character in a book. And I was like, <laughs> oh. And then I was like, wait, spoilers. <laughs> oh, Callum. So even though I knew it, as soon as I was reading it again, I was so convinced that it was Ian Ventham mm-hmm. that when he died, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I think for me it was Bernard. Cause like I felt like Joyce knew that Bernard was the one that did the murder, yeah. and she was just like waiting for the rest of them to catch up to her, like, yeah. and she was just like being boy crazy and be like, yeah, now it's I'm being a murderer, because <laughs> she was just boy crazy and she's like, I like this one. Yeah, he murdered bad people, so it's fine. <laughs> that was a good question. Yeah, so this uh, this actually leads into another good co- question set in from Alex. Thank you, Alex. Um, This one says, Alex says, one of the reoccurring themes is the gray area between the law and each character's moral code. 
Do you think Penny's husband, John, did the right thing? How about Penny? I don't think John did the right thing. No. But I think... In which part? At killing Ian. Yeah. I think letting Penny go to rest. Sure. Like, what, she's been in a coma, like, for at least a year? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, you you can't begrudge anyone doing that, but I think killing somebody as much as he was an asshole, mm-hmm. killing anyone to cover up another crime isn't good. Especially considering, like, with Penny's... with Penny's condition and her age, nothing would have happened. Yeah. Like, that was my main point, was just, like, he didn't actually need to. Like, no one would have... They weren't going to, like... What would they have done? Send Penny to jail? Yeah. Like, send her to the chair. She's in a coma. Like, she's 80 and in a coma. Like... Yeah. And honestly, would they have really done that much inspecting on the graves if they had just been digging up the bodies? I I don't think think it really would have come to much term. Yeah, I think the only reason we found out about it was because John got caught killing Ian, so told them what had happened. I don't think anybody would have looked enough to know what had actually happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't agree with what John did. I agreed with what Penny did. Oh yeah, I definitely agree about what Penny did. Because I mean, people just get away with this shit. And, and I will say, up. I will say I loved that it linked back to the first conversation Elizabeth and Joyce had. Yes. I oh thought my that gosh, was that was so, so clever. Smart. How do you feel about, for me, I thought it was like, I get it, like thinking back on it, but like in the moment with Elizabeth and her very strict sense of justice. I get How it. How do you I feel th- about her? She like she was like, yeah, no, John, we're gonna we're gonna turn you the fuck in. Like But but she I, I mean she did give him the opportunity to take care of himself and I yeah, and that's the thing is I don't think I don't think she would have said that if she didn't think what happened if she didn't I think she did all of that knowing that because she saw she saw him kill penny she saw him do the do the injection mm-hmm. and i don't know we we don't know if that was done before or after she said that yeah so i think personally i i don't think she would have given him she would have said i'm going to turn you in if she hadn't thought completely like john's ready to go yeah and I don't think her sense of justice is actually that strong because realistically she would have already called Donna and Chris. That's true. She did let him take if she care want, of... Like, yeah. She, she did give him a choice, essentially. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think if she if she was as strict as people say or as, as strict as she wants people to think she is, you know, she, you know, she did it earlier. She said, she told Joyce, call, call Donna if I'm not back in two hours mm-hmm. but she didn't do that with um with john and penny so i i don't think she's as strict as she wants people to think she is yeah i think she she knew it's elizabeth elizabeth is like the smartest person in this book i think she knew exactly what she was doing and knowing that it was the best for both of them that actually links that actually directs us to another question from alex Thank you, Alex. Alex asks, 
Who do you think is the smartest person in Cooper's Chase and why? Oh, it's Elizabeth. I love her so much. Or actually, is it Elizabeth or is it Joyce for knowing exactly what Elizabeth is going to do before Elizabeth does it? I honestly, like, I think it's a tie, but also, like, is it Stephen? Elizabeth's husband? You think about that ends there. Yeah, but all, all he did was bring up what Elizabeth had said. Yeah. But he, I'm sure, was kept in clue with all of the red herrings and how they were going after Turkish Gianni. And, mm-hmm. I mean, unless you think that Elizabeth knows that's fake. and it's, But why would she protect Bogdan and not John? But because I don't know if she had the evidence. Because Stephen even says... Why did you kill that person? Because Elizabeth keeps saying that she thinks it's you. Mm. So, I don't know. I would argue that Stephen is very clever, especially considering the fact that he's suffering Alzheimer's. Um, Yeah. But I think, is that clever? Is that just that his brain is working in a different way? Because he wouldn't have remembered that, or he maybe wouldn't have been as comfortable bringing it up with you know I certainly wouldn't be like so mm, my wife wife, yeah like my wife keeps saying you murdered this person why did you do that (laughs) that's true and Bogdan probably wouldn't have told him if he thought he would tell Elizabeth yeah but I do think it's either it's either Elizabeth or Joyce because Joyce is oh it's definitely one of the ladies like the amount of times Joyce goes so by 10 o'clock, Elizabeth will be will be inviting me somewhere. And then it's like, yes, by 9.27, yeah. Elizabeth has invited me. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I love those two. Right. We have one more question from Callum. There are several heart-wrenching stories in the novel. Which wrenched your heart the most? Possibly a weird one. But I think Joyce's relationship with Joanna... Okay. I just, like, the bit that comes to mind, and it's quite late in the book, so maybe that's what's sticking out, because I read it, like, I read the whole book in maybe, like, a week. So it's, like, the last bit's quite fresh in my brain. Mm-hmm. But it's the bit where she goes, we don't talk about my husband, both of our faults, and then at the end of her diary, she goes, I lied, sorry, Joanna, that's my fault, I don't like talking about him. And I was just like... Yeah. <laughs> oh. Like, I I genuinely couldn't imagine, like, losing somebody you love and then not being able to talk about it to somebody else that you love that is also just as, arguably just as close with that person. Do you know what I mean? And then as a child to be raised and not be told about your dad because it's too hard for your mum to talk about. Brutal. I mean, I think that happens all the time. Yeah, and that's well, oh, sad and yeah, sucks. Well, and like I've seen that in my own family and like Yeah, and I think that's the thing is that it's so realistic and so like mm-hmm. common that that's the bit that stuck out to me because like the other like the murders and the the, the romance he's gone wrong, that seems fictional. But mm-hmm. Joyce and Joanna's relationship seemed so true to life. Like even in my family there's a relationship like that and you know, you watch it happen and you're like, oh, there's no way back from that. Yeah. I mean, there is a way back. And, like, they obviously do love each other, but that is definitely a gut punch line to have read. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, like, almost just knowing that Bernard 
got his happy ending, but Dick can't ever know it. Like, yeah. or with, does he? I mean, yeah, he knows Joyce is resourceful, but that was just so sad that like he gave up. They paved over it. They paved over where he buried his wife, and he, he essentially just gave up. Like that was just that was a gut punch for me. I was just like, oh. You know what? I've and just when they thought... made that bench for them, mixed their ashes, I was like, oh. You know, I've just thought as well that it's also heartbreaking. Joyce mm. never had a chance. No, but I think she knew that. I don't know if she did. I feel like she's smart enough to know that they were just friends, really. I don't know. I don't know. Heartbreaking. I feel like we're definitely get going to see more of Don- of uh, Joyce's heartbreaking story with her husband in the sequel. Oh, God, probably. So prepare I'd- for that. Honestly, I'm going to have to read the sequel because I want to see if Bogdan's in it. Oh, yes, absolutely. I love Bogdan. I love him so much. I mean, first of all, his name is Bogdan. I am, I kind of really We have like... an episode titled something about Bogdan. Yeah. Bogdan. <laughs> like, I genuinely, I think I'm going to have to listen to the audiobook because my friend Jenny was saying that, um, that they do the accents and that Bogdan's they do. in a Polish accent. So we they were... do very good versions of the accent. But also, like, I think because I'm not used to being around all the different accents as much, mm. I was like, ah, oh, accent. <laughs> Great. One more. Very British and accents. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit, bit distracting. It's okay. Talking about distracting, there's a party either going on in the bedroom beside me or outside my window, which is great. I hope it's outside your window. And moving along, that would be so You're in a hotel. No, it's anyway. definitely in the building. Anyway, anyway. Um, this question comes from me. <gasps> from Lisa. From Lisa to Robbie. Will Donna regret her decision to set Chris up with her mom? I hope not. <laughs> but do you know what? I loved that. I was really worried was they so were going to push like a Donna-Chris relationship. Oh, God, and that I would be gross. Like, yeah, I was just like, I just don't get those vibes. I just don't mm. get those vibes. And then when her mom was there, I was like, oh, my God. And the fact that it she was so, so happy for that as well. Like, yeah. she set that up. So it's not even like a weird, like, oh, I saw your mom the other day. Like, yeah. she was genuinely like, these are two lonely people that I think would get on well. Mm-hmm. Oh, so cute. I loved, I loved him, like, being like, oh, she's... She's his primary school teacher, and she's she she's in the choir at church. Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, it's funny. It was weird. Weird question. Do you like dogs? No, allergic to them. Oh, wow, two out of three ain't bad. Right. I love that. That's his fantasy checklist too. Yeah, primary school like, teacher sings in the choir, loves dogs. Like that is such a tame fantasy checklist. <laughs> it just shows how lost he is. Yeah. <laughs> like he's not looking for anything wild. Not for our Chris. Mm mm. Alright, one last question from Jenna. Why do you think the members of the Thursday Murder Club were so reluctant to agree that they were friends? I thought that was precious. I was just like they kept denying it. I'm like, you guys all hang out all the time. Do you know what? I think because that would detract from what they think is really important work. They yeah, don't they think, think they're that... friends. They think they're yeah. 
they they're associates. They, yeah, you know, we we work together. We solve crimes. Mm-hmm. If you know, if they were to say they were friends, then that would, you know, that would, it would lessen. Yeah, oh, doing. we're friends, and we mess around with some cold cases. You know, it it like it steps it back to a hobby. Exactly. Yeah, and I think I think they, um. And I don't even think it was deliberate. I think they all just accidentally went into that mindset of like, of course we're not friends, we work together, you know? Yeah. And that, yeah, I thought that was quite cute. That, that took me a while to think of, though. I wasn't sure about that. No, oh, I think that's awesome. I think that's a really apt <laughs> answer for that. Well. Well. We have no more questions. Is there anything you'd like to discuss? There is. <clears throat> so, I want to preface this by saying that I really enjoyed the book. I mm-hmm. did love it. But I was quite disappointed with the ending. Really? Only because... So, I don't know about how it was received over... How it was received over in the US. But in the UK, it took the country by storm. Mm-hmm. This book is crazy popular. It sells out. It's in all of the book clubs on TV. And I was expecting, like, a bigger, like, resolution. I was expecting, like, you know, like, this sort of, like, you know, triple, you know, like a serial killer situation where somebody was going around killing all these people. And for it to then turn out that it was just one unrelated murder. Mm Mm-hmm. And then two murders because Penny was a vigilante in the 50s, the 70s. Mm-hmm. It just seems so disconnected. And I'd been reading it thinking, oh my God, they're, like this is this huge case. Like, like, this is so exciting. To then be like, oh, they were actually unrelated. Cool. I had no... I had nothing to, like, go ahead, because I don't like to go ahead with, uh, like, big ideas about the book going in, because I, if it had a big reception in the U.S., I had not noticed it. It's flown past my radar. And I think that that's lucky. I think I'm quite unlucky in that all the TV shows that I watched, not TV shows, like, the news and stuff and the... the mm-hmm. The the morning shows that I watch, they were all talking about it, and like, um, it was mentioned in a podcast that I listened to, Drunk Women Solving Crime. They oh, wow. it, there was an advert for it on the podcast. So I was just expecting this like big dramatic resolution, and then it was like, oh, it was because of love. Yeah. John loved Penny so much, which is fine, and it is a good story, and I still loved it. I was just expecting more. And I just thought I'd hear I mean, that out yeah, there in case anyone that, else Especially was... with all the hype that you've gotten, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but I just, I want you to put that out there in case anyone else was also feeling a slight disappointment. Um, and but for hey, them to know that that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You can feel your feels. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree that, like, it, it wasn't a big resolution, but I think, I think it felt very appropriate. It was very realistic. Which mm-hmm. which is good, and I did love it. Um, I think I was just expecting a bit more of like a blockbuster, like oh my god, they've solved the serial killer case. You know? Robbie, they can't they can't be walking away from like exploding things. They're eighty. I know, but that's what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs>
Like, it would be real-life slow motion. In, in real life, that slow motion does not work when you're running away from fires. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a Californian. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. But, no, I... I really enjoyed it. Like, I was surprised that I was enjoying, like, books about such old people. Like, me so too. much. Me but too. It, was, it was definitely interesting because I think it's definitely, like, you know, people that are that age, you forget that they're whole people sometimes. You kind of put them in, like, a granny box and yeah. that's who they are, and you forget that they've had these entire lives that are probably much wild than most people our age are experiencing because we only, like, privacy doesn't exist anymore. There's no way that we could do, like, half the shit that they did, like. Yeah. And I think because their children ru- ruins things with capitalism. Yeah. But I think this book does a really good way of flipping that on its head. Like, as you say, like, um, when when Ron had his stick at the airport, mm-hmm. you would you would never think that an old person just brought a stick because we'd all go, oh, look at the old man, better let him on the plane first. But that yeah. probably happens quite a lot. Like, as you say with your oh, grand. Oh, I'm sure right? it happens yeah. all the time. <laughs> I know I'll be doing that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's when, like, that's like when I would, like, fly Ryanair and I would put my backpack in the front and put a big sweatshirt over it look pregnant so that I wouldn't so I could bring an extra bag like oh my god Lisa that is not the same that is not the same that is to see you they're so strict (laughs) I couldn't fit my purse in my backpack wow what no judgment is a judgment free zone Oh yeah, you say no judgment. I see your face. They can't, but I do. I'm just drunk. This is this is drunk sweats, not judgment <laughs> sweats. No, but yeah, no, I think that's it's definitely interesting and like Yeah. My favorite was when they were like, Oh, we're taking care of it. You don't need to worry about it. You'll be on the murder squad and Ibrahim's like, he's just so old. Talking to a police officer is upsetting to him. Like and Ron's pretending to be like incapacitated. He's like, I liked the lady. <laughs> Please let me talk to the lady. And he's, they took care of it. Yeah, yeah, very clever. It was so much fun to just like, especially Ron, because like, Ron is just so much fun. He does not give a shit. I would really like to speak to Richard Osman and just like work out where his like his um, muse for this is it that you know the influencer the idea like what what caused him to come up with this because he's not he's not an old man he's not as old as these characters oh so actually because i listened to the audiobook at the end of my my audiobook they had a 20 minute discussion with richard osmond interview where they asked him that question oh wow what did he say <laughs> he was basically he basically was just like yeah i like i went to a retirement village and like he he used to write for tv and he loves reading mysteries and thrillers and like murder mysteries and he's like yeah i went to a retirement village and you're, it's all quiet and you're like this would be a great place for a murder and then he's like but like being there it felt like i was george clooney because like all of these old women are on top of you if you're a young man at a retirement village willing to listen to their stories and like you know just like 
they have these fascinating and in-depth lives that, you know, they all have stories. Yeah. It's great. I like that. I'm like, damn, I'm going to be boring compared to some of these old people. What am I going to do? Say I stayed inside for a whole year and a half, basically two years? Like, Yeah, there's no World War II vibes in our... <laughs> oh. Like, what day is like... Uh, it's fine. You can tell all. You can see everything I've ever done on Instagram. You don't need to hear me. Double-edged sword, man. All right. Well, I think it's time to ask you the very important question. Mm. Of whomst is your favorite character? Ron. Ron. Yeah. And why? I just think he's really funny. He's always there with ready with comedic. Um, what's the word? Release. Uh, I know exactly what you're saying. My brain's not working. Mine neither. <laughs> it's the middle of my day. Goodness, I should be more on top of it. But it's yeah, no, he's midnight. definitely there. <laughs> and I'm drunk. He's definitely always there. And then, I think for me, I don't know, it's so hard. They're all so great. Maybe Joyce. She's just like funny and witty, and but like, she likes to like... She likes to kind of be unassuming. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really liked around. that bit. Um, she says it right at the start of the book where she says, um, they always come to me to settle a debate or to solve a problem, and they mm. never realize that solution always usually always benefits me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, I love that. Yeah. Like, she's so kindly and helpful, and she'll make you all these food. And she's just like, but she's also scheming. Yeah. Like, when she goes, oh, you better let Donna drive. There's a little vodka in that cake. The cake that yeah. you forced him to eat. <laughs> exactly. Oh, she's fabulous. Oh. She's the kind of old person I want to be. All right. And then, how would you rate this book? Do you know what? I'm going to give it four. Really? I'm not going to hold my assumptions to it. I think that would be unfair. Yeah. I think overall, great cast, very well written, very funny. And the storyline, I never saw that coming. Never yeah. saw it coming. So yeah, four stars. I'm going to give it a 4.5. Okay. Just right. because I enjoyed it. It was super fun. I, it was unexpected and I'm... I'm definitely going to be reading the sequel, like, can't hold a candle, like, it's it's just really fun, and yeah. I I just really enjoyed reading it, and I I can't really criticize it, aside, like, I can't find too many criticisms with it. Yeah. Also, the audiobook is fun, because yes, they do accents, and I was going to try and do one, you kind of probably noticed I was about to try and do one, but... 100% it, that was going to be a Polish Bogdan. Yes, it was. It came off a bit <laughs> Russian, though, didn't it? Yeah, I'm not good at accents, and we all know this. Yeah, so we did. Lisa actually offered to do the <laughs> intro clip in a British accent, and I very quickly said, no, don't do that. Vehemently said no. I wish we'd recorded that, actually. <laughs> Just you being like, that was a quick answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Well, should we announce next month's book? Yes, I'll let you do it, because I don't have the name in front of me. No worries, I do. Excellent. Do you want a wee drum roll? Yes, please. Okay. So our selection for August is... 
Blackwater Sister by Zen Cho. Oh, I'm so excited. This sounds so spooky and science fictiony and fantasy and just yeah. all those good things that we've not read in ages. I know, it's been a minute since we've done yeah. like science fiction slash fantasy kind of things. It really has been. Excited. I'm quite excited. I, I think it's funny because I did send Robbie like a million suggestions and then like all of the good ones were either parts of series and we're like, I don't want to get connected to a series. Yeah, we and know then... what happened last time, Black Rings meeting. Yeah. <laughs> or and they then... weren't available in the UK or they were, yeah, but they it was like available. £25 a copy. Yeah. And we're not doing that again. Sorry, Gunkle. It was, you know, good book though. Yeah, oh, great book. I don't regret it, but I will be sending it to all my friends. It's going to be in the post to Jenny because I forgot to bring it down to Cardiff. <laughs> Soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, thank you all for joining us for Book Club. Yeah. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at WDFCast or on Instagram at We Are Doing Fine. You Read can along. email us. Oh. What? I was going to say, read along with us next month and make sure to send any thoughts, suggestions, or questions to wearedoingfine at gmail.com. The more you get involved, the more we don't have to talk constantly about how we found a book. We can talk about how you <laughs> found a book. And that's always a lot more fun. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you guys so much. And yeah. tell your friends about the podcast. Word of mouth is our best way of getting new listeners. And we do like new listeners. Mm-hmm. We do. We do. But that is us for the month of July, if you can believe it. Amazing. Um, So yes, join us uh, next month for Book Club. And until then, keep keep reading reading fine. Okay, something. <clears throat>